The Cactus Plant Flea Market Box has arrived at McDonald's. Order one and get a unique box with your choice of a Big Mac or 10-piece Chicken McNuggets and get fries, a drink, and one of four collectibles. At participating McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment or two while we bring on our great Facebook community. Bear with us just one second here and the gut reaction shall commence. And... We're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, empowered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him, my fellow football priest. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, hey, it looked like for a second there the Broncos were going to reconjure some of that magic that they had from Week 8, overcoming a 21-point deficit back then. Uh, tied the game late, but suddenly, even though the defense had found a way to turn the ship around in the second half against Justin Herbert, they cave on the final possession. They let Herbert and Austin Eckler just drive down. They get the field goal. And even though the Broncos got one or two plays, again, Jerry Judy, oh, dude, unbelievable, but the Hail Mary is picked off. Broncos lose 19-16. Your gut reaction. My gut reaction was not the same as it was at halftime, and I'm going to say this right now. Drew Locke was not the reason the Broncos lost today's game. He was not. You can fault him for the first half and fault him for the pick, but he was actually the only reason, Chad, they were in it toward the end. He once again mounted a comeback, and there were so many similarities to the fourth quarter of the last Chargers game with how Locke stepped up his play. This was on Jerry Judy. This was on Vic Fangio's defense and the penalties, Chad. The defense came up small once again when it mattered most. And again, for a coach, I said this at halftime, for a coach that preaches and stresses no death by inches, his defense seems to die by inches an awful lot. It was on Jerry Judy and the defense. This loss was not on number three. How many drops do we count on Judy today? Five? Six? I had 20. (laughs) No, seriously. It was at least... Six off the top of my head. One was a touchdown. One puts the Broncos across the 50-yard line after the the Chargers, after they tie the game. Chargers go down. They get their field goal. First down, incomplete. Second down, a strike down the left seam. Great ball to Jerry Judy. Would have put him in plus territory. You got about 25, 30 seconds. You run down. You spike it. One more throw out of bounds, and you're suddenly in field goal range again. Jerry Judy, like you hate to you hate to blame any one player, Zach, but my goodness, he shares an enormous amount of the onus of blame for this loss. I defended him at halftime, but I can't defend him when he's going out and complaining and, and begging and, and just moaning for more carries or more carries, more catches, more targets. And when he's finally getting them, he's allergating arming every single one. 
It's not just one drop every now and then he's, make, he's making plays to make up for it. It's every drop consistently every time he sees the ball. And he'll make a nice catch, but those catches he's making, Chad, are what he should be making. We shouldn't be lauding him for making a catch, being the number 15 overall pick. When CeeDee Lamb makes a catch, he's not getting praise. When Justin Jefferson, and go down the list, Henry Ruggs, this is what's expected of him. He wants more targets. He wants to be the guy. He didn't perform like it today. He performed like a seventh rounder on drafted rookie that had no idea what he was doing. He has to be better. The loss was partly, if not largely, on Jerry Judy. Yeah, he was uh, stuck in his own stuck in his own head, man. It's not. I don't even think you can call it a slump. That might have been the single worst game of drops I've ever seen from a Broncos wide receiver. And gang, I've been watching every single Bronco game for 35 years, 33 years, something like that. I don't recall a Bronco dropping five, six, seven balls. I think right now the official tally is five is what he was credited with dropping today. But honestly, I think it's seven because I think there's two that they're just kind of saying, eh, you know, imperfect pass, whatever. But again, if it hits you anywhere within that radius and you don't catch it, it's a drop. Rich Stimson jumping in. What was that, John? I, I missed him there. I want to grab Rich Stimson there. Appreciate your Rich. He says, everyone needs to relax on Judy. Really goes to show the patience of Bronco fans. One bad game. We have to take QB in this next draft as well. Zach, I know you're shaking your head, but I'm with you on the on the head shaking because – what did the broadcast say today? Seven drops he had going into this game. Now he's got – he's at least credited with 12. And then Dave says, atrocious game for Judy. He's a gamer. He'll bounce back. Why can't Shermer call plays in the first three quarters? Angry like Kelberman. Use big words like Chad. Appreciate you, Dave. Good to see you, my friend. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. But, Zach, how can you defend Judy right now? Like, yeah. I agree he'll bounce back at some point, but, man, that was ugly. I'm shaking my head because it's not the first game. It's not a one-time occurrence, Chad. This has been the theme of Jerry Judy's, Jerry Judy's rookie season the entire year, his drop issues. And it was exacer- exacerbated by him complaining on Twitter and then complaining about not getting the targets. Well, maybe that's why. And what angers me about it is it makes Locke look worse. Locke, you know, one of, I, I put a, a tweet out that said it wasn't Locke's fault today, the loss. And one of the replies I got was his stat line. He went 17 for whatever. He would have had a much bigger game if his number one receiver, the first-round rookie, could be able to catch. So it, it makes the entire offensive operation look worse when your guy who has one job, Judy, as the pass catcher to catch passes, he can't do that. It's not one drop, Chad, two drops, three drops. You, you can yeah. excuse away in a game. He's making Demarius Thomas look like Tony Gonzalez out there. It, seven drops in one game is inexcusable, regardless of circumstance, regardless of anything else. Let's just take it for surface value, what the stats are saying. The official statisticians are saying five drops, all right? Too many. That gets Drew Locke well over 300 yards passing. It puts the Broncos in position for three more points at the end of the game there. It, there was one that was a drop touchdown that the Broncos had to settle for a field goal. I mean, there were so many right now that I'm actually lost in trying to remember the situation of each and every one. But, yeah, it was ugly. And, again, this 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 entire game you can't lay uh, solely on the feet of Jerry Judy because Drew Locke – thank you, Chris – six completions to Judy 15 on 15 targets. targets. Um, Drew Locke wow. threw an unconscionable red zone pick. And what made it so bad, Zach, is the fact that you know, you had Elway, you had Fangio, you had Shermer using the C word all week long about we just want to see consistency from Drew. 
making it even more maddening is the fact that on the previous seven trips inside the red zone, Drew Locke punched it in a perfect seven for seven up to that point. On the eighth, he throws a red zone pick, and it's his first interception since week 13. It just drives you mad. And then, of course, Brandon McManus misses a field goal. I mean, at at best, 13 points were left on the board because of of a pick from Drew, a missed field goal by McManus, and a drop touchdown by – by Judy. And then actually that last one down the seam that he dropped in the final possession, yes. you could argue another field goal. So yes. it's just, that's how you lose games in the league. It's no shocker why the Broncos are going home losers today. It reminds me a lot of the Patriots game, except the result is flipped around where Locke made all these throws and Jerry Judy and the receivers weren't helping him out. And his stat line looked worse and the Broncos offense looked worse because of it. You mentioned it. I mean, McManus, the special teams, the defense melting down, the penalties, Jerry Judy. It's a team sport. Yes. And it's never any one person, but multiple areas melted down for Denver today. And aside from uh, Locke's red zone pick, you really can't say he melted down. He got better as the game went on. And so did Pat Shermer. I'll give him credit as well. His play calling was a little more creative. He used Deontay Spencer out of the backfield. He was getting KJ Hamler involved. He targeted Jerry Judy. He targeted Noah Fant. It really wasn't on him today, and it wasn't on Locke for me. It was the defense and Judy were the reason why they lost today's game. You saw a lot of the stars have a day, you know, get utilized in the scheme, which is another thing about Shermer's offense all year long that has been head-scratching, so inconsistent in terms of, you know, how the how the distribution of touches when you have so many young studs on the offense, has been has been distributed. Fant got going today was a factor. Gordon had a solid day. He he started off with a bang, 55 yards rushing in the first half, only put another 24 on the board in the second half. So he finished with 80 yards, 79 yards rushing. But even Timmy P got in on the action. Timmy P finished with uh, three for three, uh, 39. We'll get more into it. We and this is Matt jumping in. Thank you for the for the super Matthew. It says humbling game for Judy. Couldn't give him more opportunities. I think this will be good for him in the long run. Glad to see the offense moving. Really appreciate that super chat. And guys, we're going to get into that even even more here in just a second. First, though, we do have to take care of a matter of business. Um, starting with, whoop, that's not the one I want to do. I want to do this one. One second here. Here we go. Manscape. Starting with. Sponsor tonight's show, Manscaped, the live stream. We really appreciate Manscaped for partnering up with the Huddle Up podcast and Mile High Huddle. And listen, 2020, it really sucked. And it's almost yes. New Year's, though. We're about to turn the page, uh, which means uh, also New Year, new new below-the-bell grooming, right, with our sponsor, Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist uh, the grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of that um, – you know, the, 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 the too much hair down below. Sometimes I try and juggle this, Zach. I don't like using specific words on right. the script here that they send us, or it's not a script. It's like suggested buzzwords that they want us to use. <laughs> I have a hard time with that, but yeah, but Zach manscaped it's, I got a gift. I, I actually use this code provided it for my 18 year old son in the, in the stocking stuffer this year. He was stoked. Yeah. And I'm holding up the, uh, the, the weed whacker right now. We have the, the lawnmower and the weed whacker, I always use this because I get a lot more use out of this. For me, my nose hair, I know it's a very graphic way to put it, but my nose hair grows pretty fast. It's so painless. It's so seamless. It's so simple. You put it up there. You press the button. Nice grip. It works. Super long charge. One full charge can last you days of use. And you know what, like Chad said, 
yeah, 2020 was awful, and getting Manscaped won't make suddenly 2021 better, but it's little steps you can take in your personal life, in your grooming life. You can feel better about yourself going forward. It's in the whole cliche is new year, new you. Well, this is certainly different this year with how bad 20 is going into 21. I promise you guys, if you buy Manscaped, you use the weed whacker, the lawnmower, it's easy, it's effective, and you'll feel better about yourself, Chad. And I think for most men, when it comes to that kind of grooming, I mean, we, we're used to shaving our faces and all this every single day. But when it comes to this type of grooming, actual manscaping, it's just one of those things that has to be done. And so you want the right tool so that when you do have to spend the time getting around to doing that, it's it's efficient, it's bada-bing, it's bada-bang. And manscape, you got to keep in mind, as you're coming out of quarantine in 2021, again, the lawnmower 3.0, uh, 3.0 which I love, this is, this is the coup de grace for me, waterproof. Uh, skin safe trimmer reduces the nicks uh, to your to your best friends down there below the belt, and it's the third generation trimmer has the light to show you know show you where you're going there. So it's uh, it's time to freshen up down there this year. You got the crop preserver. You got a lot of different options. I tried to show you the box, but you know limited time. A lot of different things that come with your your first shipment at Manscaped.com. But 2020 was awful. The bottom line is you want to make sure your boys down below are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. So right now you go to manscaped.com and you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. That code is still getting you 20% off and free shipping with the code huddle, but you got to use that code huddle Zach and your family jewels will thank you. Yes. 20% off Broncos country, 20% off and free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. That's again, 20% off and free shipping guys at manscaped.com. Remember to use the code huddle. Happy new year to you and your family's jewels. Amen. All right, a couple quick things in the business. We'll get right back to the stream and what's on your mind, all the topics from today's show. Um, follow the pod on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, also the main account, at MileHighHuddle. And then, gentle reminder, check out the merch store. Get your swag on. Go to HuddleUpPod.com. Get yourself a football priest hat, the dad hat, as you see Zach rocking there, mugs, face masks, hoodies, T-shirts, tank tops, little something for everybody, including – uh, children and teens, we answered the bell there due to some uh, demands from our great community. Hey, is there anything for kids? We got it up there for you. Also, uh, we want to thank our Facebook supporters. Love you guys. We are putting the finishing touches on our big plans for our Facebook, official Facebook supporters this week, and it's going to roll out the very beginning of January. So look forward to that. If you'd like to support us as a Facebook user, so many of you, thousands of you watch this every single day on Facebook. If you want to support MHH, go to the page. Click the big blue button, become a supporter. You're in like Flynn. But really, the, the biggest thing you can all do is these three things, and it's within the power of everybody listening and watching right now. Subscribe first and foremost on YouTube. You want to click the bell. Make sure you get notifications every time we go live, every time we upload a new video. Like this video, number two, especially crucial on YouTube and Facebook. And then number three is the litmus test. If we're doing a good job for you, the work we're putting in and the analysis you're getting – and the community is, if it's worth anything, share it out there. Help us continue to grow, reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com energyaudit energy audit. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Another week, another Broncos loss, but this time to the Chargers. There's always something, though, to help brighten your week after such a tough loss, and that's Coors Hard Seltzer, rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability as a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Gang, never before has it been so easy to make a difference in the world and volunteer Whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer, you're volunteering because our waterways, gang, they are at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up, but through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Hard Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. The way it works, each 12-pack of Coors Hard Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. And the results, 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., including the Colorado River, and that's just year one. Four refreshing flavors, gang. One cool cause. Enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon, lime, and grapefruit. The specs are in. Coors Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV and only 90 calories, Zach. Ooh, Chad, what a tough loss today's game was, but the one constant, the one thing that makes me happy throughout this entire season has been the Coors Hard Seltzer. Today I had my black cherry with me, but it's been I've been changing that up as I've gone along every week. And going forward into the offseason, Coors Hard Seltzer is my drink of choice. So, gang, you heard it here. Make a difference. Join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer. You can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer, you help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find a Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, John. I know there's so much to get to tonight. Um... I just, uh, the last one I grabbed was Matthew. So wherever we're at, I can look at it on the back end. But let's talk for a second here, Zach, about Drew Locke as as John gets things queued up. What were your overall, I know you've touched on it a little bit already tonight, but, you know, it was kind of, uh, I think both of us, our tonality at halftime was, man, one step forward, two steps back again from Drew. What is your, now that you have a full 60 minutes to analyze, what's your takeaway on Drew? Well, he wasn't perfect today. I mean, he wasn't, you know, a world beater. He wasn't Mahomes, but he didn't have to be. He led the Broncos back, and he got better as the game wore on. He seemed like he learned from his mistakes in the first half, and he was, dare I say, coached pretty well in the second half, and you saw the the way the Broncos' offense was responding. Again, he wasn't the reason they lost. If he had a receiver who wasn't dropping five to seven passes in this game, maybe it would have looked a lot different. And again, he's without his number one receiver. It cannot be understated enough how much the absence of Cortland Sutton is hurting Locke and his development of this entire Broncos offense. And also, by extension, Jerry Judy. He wasn't supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be the number two guy. So overall, 
it was a a B minus type game for Drew Locke. He's had a lot worse. He's had some better, but again, I can't fault him too much. He was making the throws. Uh, the, the touchdown drive, Chad. He made big boy throws on that on that drive. I mean, on that series, he he looked like Drew. You know, he's always kind of vacillating between good and bad. He's always kind of straddling that line. But when they asked him to deliver, he delivered. He can't control his receivers dropping passes that many. Chris Hernandez jumping in, twenty four year veteran of the Air Force. We hope you had a. Wonderful Christmas, my friend. We really appreciate you. And as always on game day, on the gut reactions, when Chris drops a super chat, it's always symbolic of the points on the board for these Denver Broncos 16. Really appreciate you. And, uh, again, hope you had a great holiday and give our best to to your family. John, do you have Tom El Greco? If not, I'll, I'll grab him and throw him on. I don't want to skip our friend up there north of the 49th parallel. He's talking about – Judy and Jerry Judy is definitely a guy um, that is in the doghouse for Broncos country for obvious reasons. Really let the team down today. Let me pull this up. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna reverse engineer this. Bear with me one second here. Here's Tom. He says, and thank you for the super, Tom. And hope you had a great Christmas. He says Judy is the culprit in this game. Pathetic. Can't blame Locke on this one. Fifteen friggin' targets. Sad. Sad. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, Tom. I think you can blame Locke just because, you know, again, he took points off the board, gave the Chargers an extra possession. They drove down and scored on that sucker. But I come out of this basically, Zach, in the same kind of headspace that I was going in about Drew Locke in that, you know, he's he shows those flashes of brilliance and then, you know, takes the step back. Then it's a flash of brilliance and then a step back. But, you know, you see those flashes, and they're so tantalizing, especially in the third and fourth quarter. Some of the throws he made, man, were legit. And, Zach, that throw that Judy dropped, the last throw, or excuse me, the last drop Judy had, he ended up going on the sideline. They said he was shaking up. He wasn't shaking. If he was shaking up, it was emotionally, right? He right. was just. But that was a dime in the clutch from Drew Locke. No timeouts. You want to see that. It's just, again, we talked about this during the halftime stream. Uh, we don't know what it is. But everything for this Broncos offense, every inch that they get on the football field, every yard, it is so dearly purchased. There is no easy money out there on the field. And so when that margin for error is non-existent, every single error, Zach, gets magnified. Yeah, and that would have been a, what, 30, 35, 40-yard gain that Judy dropped the last the last drop that he had. So it would have made Locke's stats look better. It would have made the Broncos' offense look better. And maybe the same narrative being written isn't written. And it's just unfortunate because I'm literally sitting here and I'm watching CeeDee Lamb in Dallas right now with the ball in his hands. And he's making plays. And he's not dropping passes. He's not throwing his helmet. It's just really maddening that the Broncos have their own blue-chip receiver like some other teams, and they just they can't do anything with him. But, yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you, Chad. This was Locke being Locke. This was a young quarterback going through the young quarterback process. I'm right there with you. I wasn't really surprised or uh, I don't really have any reaction one way or the other. I thought he was shaky in the first half. I thought he was like a C minus D plus, And I thought he was like a B minus in the second half. It's a tale of two quarterbacks. And it usually is with Locke. And I'm, I'm just holding true to what I felt when I saw if he would have gotten some help from his receiver or not receivers, this game would have been a lot different. Honestly, I think in his now 17 starts as a pro, you do now have a full 16 games from Drew. Because even though going into this game he had 16 starts, the Pittsburgh game he wasn't able to finish. He only played the first half of the first quarter. And so now he has full 16 starts of actual full games. 
he's had, I think, one of those games. And this counts Houston game because he was phenomenal in that Houston game, but he really kind of faded in the second half. I'll say the, the, this, by the middle of the third quarter on, he faded in that Houston game in week 14 last year. The only game that you can really point to and say Locke gave a full 60-minute performance worth marveling at was the Panthers game, and that's just not enough. You just have to be more consistent than that, which is why, you know, when you, when you hear John Elway and you hear Fangio and Shermer talk about consistency, what they're talking about is you need to be consistently good, and Drew Locke is, just hasn't been that way. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Last spring, you chose hardworking seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed performs on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com slash harvest. Mr. Boggins, jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. Hope you had a great Christmas. He says, Broncos players have left the chat for this season. Locke missed a lot of throws, and Judy needs uh, to do the hands drills this offseason. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man, but one thing and they illustrated this quite well in the first half of the TV broadcast, Zach, is Drew Locke, if he ends up getting tapped and told behind closed doors, hey, we're going with you again in 2021, he needs to get on the phone with Jerry and – Get some extra time put in next year between those two. They got to figure out how to get on the same page. Yeah, and to the first point about them, you know, leaving the chat for this season, it did seem like in the first half they were very checked out of the game. It doesn't seem like they were rallying. They didn't have that intensity. It kind of they kind of got sparked in the second half. They kind of had that will and they made some big plays in the second half on defense, but it was it was uh, too little, too late. And as the head coach of the team, you don't want to keep seeing that to start a game. You want to see that for all four quarters, Locke included. So the Broncos are, for lack of a better word right now, a mess on really all sides of the ball. Offense, defense, certainly special teams. That was a major reason they lost. McManus's field goal was the difference in the game for the most part. They just have a lot of issues right now. And for me, it doesn't stem with one person or another, but I look at the team as a whole and who is their leader. That's Vic Fangio. And the way they came out today, like Boggan said, it was kind of flat, honestly. Yep, and then, again, this has kind of been a theme for Fangio's defense with maybe one exception off the top of my head, but they they just haven't been a good unit in the clutch, like when the chips are right. down and you need right. to, that stop, you need to get them off the field. You know, even dating back to 2019, man, that's been a, a thorn in Fangio's defensive side here. Um, let me grab this one we missed right at the top, John, from uh, Jonathan Figueroa, and then Corey H. I don't know if you have Corey H. We'll get him next. Appreciate you, Jonathan. Good to see you. I hope you had a great Christmas. He says, Judy lost us this game. Get mad when he doesn't get the ball thrown to him, and that's why. Gets mad, I should say. Uh, Drew Locke is the guy for me. He will ball next year. Zach, I know it's way early to to be asking this question because there's one more game, and then we'll get the end-of-season press conference from Elway, in which I expect him to – 
kind of definitively answer whether or not they're going to roll into 2021 with Drew. Do you think they do? Did Has yeah. Drew Locke shown enough? I mean, let's pretend for a second he got banged up and he doesn't play next week. Has he shown enough to, in your mind, if you're the Broncos, not if you're Zach, if you're the Broncos, is he getting this job next year? I, I think it's still incomplete. In, in your um, you know, scenario, if he missed next week's game, does he have enough of a resume to get the 21 job? I think it's still INC, Chad. That being said, though, um, I read today, actually, I think Mike Cliss reported that Elway is really hitching his wagon to Drew Locke's star, and then Locke will be the quarterback next year. So to me, it has a little less to do with Locke's play on the field and more to do with Elway, his contractual status, him drafting Locke, him wanting Locke to be the guy. This is the same reason you and I are so hell-bent on disputing the narrative that Elway could walk away or resign. He's not going to walk away leaving the team like this. He wants his quarterback and his team on top. So whether that's Locke next year, which I think it will be, or another young quarterback, that's the uh, the mindset Elway's going with. But I think for the most part, Locke will be the guy. I can envision a scenario, Chad, a lot like this year, Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Wentz started the season. He got the majority of first-team reps. He was the unquestioned starter. But when he started to falter, you had a young rookie waiting in the wings in Jalen Hurts. That's what they need next year. It might not be Zach Wilson. It might be Mac Jones. But I think that's the setup Denver will go with in 21. <clears throat> All right, let's grab uh, Corey H. <clears throat> Thank you for your patience, Corey. Hanging in there tight. Appreciate the super chat. Hope you had a great Christmas. He says, Drew played solid. We keep evaluating him. On to the Raiders. I'm not sure about Justin Simmons. I don't think we should pay. You know, again, as we said last week, Zach, we were excited for the fact that, um, you know, you tip your cap anytime a Bronco – gets a Pro Bowl nod, it really mystifies me when you see fans on social media saying, he didn't deserve it. Simmons didn't deserve it. Chubb didn't deserve it. Whether that, whether you think that's true or not, okay, and we've said that we kind of scratched our head a little bit about Chubb getting it, but even he did. He was, he was kind of surprised he got it. Nevertheless, with Simmons, he got the Pro Bowl nod. Don't look the gift horse in the mouth. A Bronco got a Pro Bowl for the first time in his career. You tip your cap, but it hasn't, in my opinion, been anywhere near on par with his 2019 performance in which he was snubbed for the Pro Bowl, got a second-team All-Pro. What do you do with Justin Simmons? In my book, you pay the guy, and because it's not just what he does on the field, it's what he does in the locker room, and it's what he does in the community. I thought we were in the minority, or at least I was. I don't think he deserves to be the highest-paid safety in football. I don't think he deserves to be the third-highest-paid safety in football. I think he's really good. I think on borderline great, but he's not consistently there yet. He's not, to me, a consistent pro bowler or consistent all pro. And it's ironic, Chad. He did more last year to earn it, and he didn't get in. And this year, I think he got in because of name recognition. You take away Von Miller on that defense, Simmons is the most recognizable name. And it's all about clout. That's exactly why Chubb might have gotten in as well. I would pay him. I, I want him to come back. I want him to stay around. But 16 a year? 15 a year. I do not know about that. And Kareem Jackson as well. I am so sick of him real quick, making these business decisions on the field, olaying and not tackling, giving up on plays. He really is not that great as Broncos country likes to make him out to be. Yeah. I wrote uh, an article last night, seven Broncos who are under the gun to show out, you know, these final seven games and Kareem Jackson made my list because look, he's, he's a, he's a fine box safety you know, like he he's good enough as, a, as far as being kind of a physical presence, I guess, as, at least the first half of the season. 
But that's not worth the $10 million base salary that he has next year. If you're paying a safety double-digit millions, all right, if you're up in $10 million and above, he needs to be like, you know, Swiss Army knife safety that can do everything. And, and Kareem, he's going to turn 33 next uh, spring. So if I'm the Broncos, that's definitely a uh, call I'm making to Kareem saying, hey, man, we want to keep you around next year, but nowhere near $10 million. Jonathan jumping in again. Thanks, my friend. He says, we should have won this game with a healthier defense. Locke did his thing. Yes, he did have the pick at the start of the game, but he's showing progress. Go Broncos. You know, I'll tell you this, Jonathan. Again, as I mentioned, he shows those fra- those flashes of brilliance. What is so maddening for fans, for media, I'm sure for the Broncos too, is that for every, let's say, one um, brilliant throw <clears throat> or brilliant play, there's two that you're just like, what the heck, dude? And again, Zach, anytime this kid breaks the pocket now, I mean, I'm like, hold on for dear life. You you don't know yeah. if it's going to be a pick. You don't know if it's going to be a, sl- a, a sack fumble. If he's going to do something just completely boneheaded, you don't know. Yeah, and that's the enigma that is Drew Locke. It's like he can look so – and literally from, from down to down, from pass to pass, not even from game to game, he can look really brilliant. He can make those throws that wow you, but then he can make the throws that wow you in a bad way. You can think to yourself, Drew, are you serious? What are you looking at? What are you doing? Why would you throw the ball there? And it's that hero ball. He only really gets into trouble when he plays hero ball and he feels the, I guess, the gravity of the situation. He wants to make a play. It's the red zone. You got to live to fight for the field goal or live to fight another down. And that's the most maddening part. He can make so many good plays with his arm talent and buying him time with his legs. But when he overthinks, that's when he gets into trouble. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating. It's inconsistent, but it's the process of a young quarterback. Yeah, I mean, when he stays on schedule, when he minds his technique, when he steps into his throws, usually that's the good play. That's the play where you're like, okay, now I we totally see what Elway's seeing. Uh, Malachi, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate that super, and hope you had a great Christmas, my friend. He says, it's been more than one bad game for Judy. Don't cry on social media about not getting the ball and then drop it when it comes your way. Seven times. All right. <laughs> I know, man. I know. It's unbelievable. It's It literally is inexplicable. Like there's – I've never seen anything like it, at least not in a Bronco uniform. Yeah, it's, it's it just makes it worse. I mean, you can chalk it up to being a rookie or being a 21-year-old with nerves and, you know, rookie mistakes. But when you go on social media and you almost demand the ball, like T.O. or Randy Moss back in the day, you, you have to back up that talk. When the ball, once you do that, you have to really be perfect from there on out. And he's been anything but that. He's been complaining on social media. He wants targets. He's been taking shots at the offense or Pat Shermer. And five, it, five at least, we can say that for sure. Five drops in one game. Come on. That's ridiculous. Not one. Not two. <laughs> this goes on. Uh, Shuya jumping in. Thank you, my friend. It's good to see you. Appreciate the super chat. He says, it hurts to lose Chris Harris Jr. Can't blame Locke on uh, Judy's five drops, and that's true. You know, Chris didn't really, in my book, I mean, granted it's just the television broadcast, but I've only watched it one time, but Chris Harris, I didn't think he was that great. Like the one play in which he kind of got featured by the television broadcast where it was in the second half and Hamilton went up high on a third down, should have caught it. It was high. It was a high ball, but – Hit him again. If it hits you here, catch the ball. And they made it out like Chris Harris Jr., man. He read that. Dude, that should have been caught. 
But Chris, to me, he's a solid nickel corner. That's what he is now. There was a time when he was as good as it got as a number two corner. He was definitely, he's been the best nickel corner in the league for a long time. You could maybe argue that there's some, that there are better nickels out there now today, but Chris Harris Jr. is a nickel guy, which is why, you know, he had a hard time when, you know, again, he's probably really ruining his decision to turn down that two year, $12 million a year extension the Broncos offered him at the trade deadline last year. And then he goes on, finds that the open market says, yeah, we'll give you like 10, nine, 10 million, something like that. And his one year deal. I'll be interested to see what kind of interest Harris, uh, you know, can can gin up this this offseason. The commentators tried so hard to make it that revenge game narrative, and it just wasn't there. They mentioned yep. multiple times he didn't play in the first game, and he's with the Broncos for many years. And I, I saw the same Chris Harris Jr. I saw last year in Denver, a guy who really fell off. I mean, he he was a great nickel back, a great slot corner, and he's just not what he used to be anymore. And he was, I think, hiding behind that facade and his reputation and behind him wanting money and feeling slighted. But when it's all said and done, he was getting burned last year and he was, I think, ineffectual in today's game. I wasn't that blown away. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, we got one here from Big Kev. Also hoping you had a great Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all of our great community and our superstars. Big Kev says, if they avoided Judy in the second half, we win that game. He cost us a lot more than he has provided for us. Hopefully he got his cardio (laughs) in. Yep, there it comes. Again, that Twitter man, he thinks he's out there flexing. He thinks he's being the squeaky wheel that's going to get grease. But now, look, you have one bad game, and it's not just a bad game, but it's like epically bad game, and you can't live that down, man. You're really ruining that decision to send tweet. 
That's really unfortunate, though, that the way the Broncos could have won today's game was to ignore or avoid your number 15 overall pick, your your top rookie receiver. And it was unfortunate. You're, you're down Sutton. You, you're down Hamler after he was concussed. Judy's having a bad game, you're, and you're missing Phillip Lindsay. You're really down to a handful of players, but it's an interesting argument. If they would have went away from him and not relied on him, if those balls would have been to Tim Patrick, would the game have been different in right. the end? And that's what's so crazy and unfortunate is that Judy was getting open. There's a reason why Locke was looking his way. The dude was was creating separation. He's great at that. I mean, I think he's up there even now as a rookie with the greats in the league as far as the route runners like Keenan Allen. Like, he's up there, but Keenan catches the ball. If it hits his hands, the dude catches the ball. Zeus McPeak jumping in. Very generous super chat. I can't show the uh, profile pic because the chat is so active tonight. It jumped you, but we love you, Zeus. We got some cool things coming up here soon for uh, where we're going to list our Mount Rushmore guys. And as you know, you're right up there, number one. But he says, Locke was starting to find his groove, just needs help from the receivers, dot, 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 Judy. Yeah, I mean, he Locke played really well, I'll say midway through the third quarter on Zach. He put his team in a position to win that game. He rallied and it's like the same fourth quarter, a a lot of parallels to the first uh, LA matchup, the same. He got better as the game went on. And I'm with you from the third midway through the third quarter and straight through the fourth quarter. He was like a different quarterback. And yeah, again, if he would have gotten the help, same as in the Patriots game, the the stat line. And I think the final result would have looked a lot different. The score anyway, Kenneth Booker. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you one of our superstars, he says, Judy is Watts, open all the time, drops every pass. We'll see. I hope it doesn't go that way. You know, Watts ended up, of course, flaming out of the NFL, didn't work out in Denver as a second-round pick. I think it was 07, Kenneth. You would know this. Um, I think he was 07, second-round pick. But I'm I'm not burying Judy quite yet. I'm not. I think that – one good thing, again, that the television broadcast did a good job of illustrating was just how how the chemistry is lacking between Drew and, and Jerry, and they really need to invest the time to get on the same page because during the NFL season, once you get into the grind of the – I mean, even for us as content creators, once you get into the grind of the season, it's a new cycle that demands your attention, demands uh, your, your coverage, and you can't really look outside that window. Um which is why guys like Zach and I who are covering the news every single day, you know, we need Eric Trickle. We need Nick Kendall. We need those guys to study the draft and all that stuff because we're locked in. And that's how it's been for Drew. That's how it's been for Judy during the season. They're locked into the grind of practicing each and every week for that opponent. But now that they get to the offseason, Zach, it's time to put in that extra work. Now they'll have the time to figure out how to spark that chemistry and get on the same page. Yeah, again, those reps they lost and the the practices and the preseason games, and it's so hard for some rookie receivers. And you guys were looking at CeeDee Lamb and Jefferson. I understand that, but there's for every two of them, there's a 100 others that take a year at least to really step up and develop in the NFL. I'm not throwing in the towel on Jerry Judy. I'm not giving up on him after not even one full season yet. He was the number 15 overall pick for a reason. He didn't have these issues at Alabama. I, I don't really know what went wrong. He has one of the best position coaches in the entire NFL. I, I think it comes down to the mental the mental development of the game, the quarterbacking, and the coaching. And all those things were at odds with each other the entire season. Once those settle down, you will see a completely different Jerry Judy, probably in year two. 
We got so much more to get to. Many, many super chats, many questions stacked up. We're going to get to those here in just a second. First, though, we also got to tip our cap to another one of tonight's presenting sponsors on the live stream, sportsbetting.com. Right now, as you know, gang, gambling is legal in the state of Colorado. And if you're looking to make sports that much more interesting, maybe try and make a little extra money while you're at it, kind of like fantasy football and the proliferation of the fan duels and the DraftKings, sportsbetting.com is your no-brainer destination. Here's why. You get the sharp odds. You get the low juice. You get hassle-free bonuses, which you can roll over after one time compared to other sites out there like the two names I just mentioned that make you have to bet it five, 30 times before you can access that rollover. Plus, you get 24-7 live customer support. Always, it's a real person in the United States, which is crucial. When you got to deal with money, you want to be able to talk to someone. If you have a question, sportsbetting.com has your back. But the kicker is right now, after you make your first deposit at sportsbetting.com, they will match it up to $750. Bucks. That's $750 in free bet credits. Plus, right now, you got the NBA season set to tip off. You're going to get $25 in free bet credits for that as well. So head on over now to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. Capitalize on that $750 in free bet credits and start 2021 off on the right foot. All right, John, what else uh, we got here? Let me see. I'm still – I'm at – just so you know in the stream, I'm at – David at 528, and we I think we still have a few. Smith Corona, good to see you, my friend. Hope you had a phenomenal holiday. Uh, appreciate that generosity. He says, what's up, buddies? Happy holidays. Pitchforks for Judy this week, it seems. A young player needs to spend the offseason on the jugs machine. Yeah, and, I, and the funny thing about it, Zach, is maybe there's a technical flaw there, but I think mostly it's mental, and this isn't – to blame Locke, but it's also a lack of, of chemistry with him and Locke. Those are the two things. I think mostly for, for Judy, it's between the years. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I'm thinking to myself right now, without Sutton in the picture, I look at the hand that Locke was dealt, not to make excuses, but look at his receiving core. Jerry Judy was his number one receiver. His, his number two guy was KJ Hamler, who was in and out of the lineup. Then he had Tim Patrick, who's consistent, but he's not exactly a an all-pro and who does he have? Deshaun Hamilton. He had a couple passes to Philip Lindsay or Noah Fan. He has no veteran stability among his pass catchers, and and that's it. when you look at the hand he was dealt as a quarterback, you you start to wonder why his development wasn't taking shape like we all thought it would this year. That is a really tough supporting cast chat to succeed in. Then you throw in the coaching and the CV and all the other stuff. It's that's that's a hard year one for Locke as the full time starter. It's and that's something that. Elway hinted at last week in terms of, hey, look, you know, it's we're a young team. Drew's a young quarterback, and it seems like when one young guy doesn't play well in a game, they all don't play well. And so that's one of the things going against Drew is, you know, you think back, for example, to 2016 when Trevor Simeon was tasked with kind of carrying the torch post Peyton Manning. You know, he went, what was it, eight and six as a starter that year. The Broncos finished nine and seven. But one of the things that really helped him along, and we, he talked about this a lot, I think it's pretty common knowledge up to this point was the veteran wherewithal presence, you know, tutoring in sight from Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, Drew Locke. And this isn't to, you know, give him, um, absolve him of, of his own foibles, but as much talent as he has, even without a Cortland Sutton, you got Noah Fant in year one as the guy, as the starter, 
You got Tim Patrick in year one as a starter because, of course, Cortland went down. And then you got Jerry Judy, and you think, hey, man, that's a pretty formidable trio of targets. Even take out K.J. Hamler. Like, that's a pretty formidable trio, but they're all still finding their way in the NFL. They're all just like Drew. They're in that kind of just getting started thing. And and so when one fails, you know, it's like it, it, it catches on. You know, it's like throwing a cigarette out the window and into into dry grass and boom, it just catches fire. And that's what Drew's or what Elway, I should say, was talking about last week is that, you know, we're young. But the silver lining to that, Zach, is that these reps, these experiences, even though they've come in live bullet scenarios in which the stakes unfortunately counted for the Denver Broncos, it's going to feed their development. It's going to hopefully stack up in the bank like credits, right? And then later down the road when you get to 2021, the hope is, or at least the way the team is viewing this, just like the development of every of any and every young player, every young unit, that it pays dividends down the road. Well, then you look at other rookie receivers. You look at Lamb in Dallas. He has a veteran guy he can lean on in Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. You look at Henry Ruggs. He has a veteran guy in Tyra Williams where he has uh, – uh, the other slot receiver they have out there. You look all these other teams, all these other rookie guys. Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. He has Adam Thielen. Who does Jerry Judy have? Who does Drew Locke have? You lose Cortland Sutton. I guess you bring in Melvin Gordon, but he's new. He's in your first year. For Locke not to have that 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 veteran safety blanket, that that boon, that pillar he can lean on, and not for for Judy to have it either, and they're both struggling. That's a recipe for a disaster, and we've seen it this season. And unfortunately, there's really, I don't think, any way they could have avoided it once Cortland went down. Eddie Vasquez, good to see you, my friend. Hope you had a great Christmas. He says, I was ready to let go of Fant after his first year, all the drops. Got to give Judy next year to make it up. Hurtful and hope he bounces back. Hashtag point. keep the faith. Yeah, you know, Fant, that's, a, that's an excellent point, and it applies to Fant. It applies to Judy. It applies to Drew. You know, this is this is all part of the developmental process, and it's just like any human being. You know, when you, anyone who out there who's a parent, thank you for the stars, Todd. Anyone out there who's a parent knows that you know when, when you're raising, for example, uh, you know you got a little toddler, you got a little baby, and they're just learning to walk. Of course, you're going to stop them from banging their head on the corner of the coffee table any chance you get if if you have the power to do that. But at the same time, you know when you see them trying to walk and they fall, you actually have to let them fall sometimes because that's how they learn. That's how they grow. That's how they develop. And it's a similar prospect that that's really boiling it down to a very elementary level, but it still holds true in many ways to what drew and this whole offense is going through. Let's grab uh, Richard there. If you got him, John will throw him up. Appreciate you, Richard. Uh, he says, Zach, did you just say a decimated defense that held the chargers to 19 points succumbed to death by inches? How many three and outs in the fourth quarter get real? What was the final result, uh, Richard? How, how did the defense look when they had to stop Herbert and that offense to, to prevent a field goal toward the end of the game? That's when you want to see it come up clutch. That's what the death by inches are. To allow those big plays to Guyton and Eckler, those first downs, that is death by inches. They might have forced them three and outs, and I said they played better defense in the second half, but they didn't play great defense overall in today's game. You're facing a rookie quarterback. You're facing an offense that's less than 100%. They were hurt today, Chad, by death by inches. And not just on defense, the entire team. And I, I, meant, I made that point about Fangio because he's the defensive coordinator. He's also the head coach. It was the offense, specials, defense. That defense was not perfect. They were part of the reason why they lost today's game. I think it's pretty indisputable. 
You definitely, Richard, here's the deal. You credit them for being able to hang and fight the way they did, as decimated as they were. But again, you can't take away the fact that, once again, Vic Fangio's defense had the opportunity. Now, in this case, they weren't leading, but they their offense had finally come back and put a couple of scores on the board and tied the game. Now's the time to step up and do your thing. And if you're going to make an excuse for them because of a lack of, you know, because they, they've been decimated by injury, that's fine. And that is part of the explanation. They weren't all hands on deck today. This was whatever hands we have left on deck today. But nevertheless, it's really concerning. And it, and it flies in the face of the whole ethos and the whole philosophy of Vic Fangio's death by inches, which is what so persuaded and swung and sold John Elway, who was ready to hire Mike Munchak had his interview with Vic Fangio and got the death by inches. Uh, I'll call it a spiel, but I only mean that in terms of him. I don't want to diminish it, but he got that. And that really excited him because he knew they were stepping into year two of this official rebuild. And they needed a guy who was going to mind the little things and a guy who was going to make sure it wasn't the little things that cost the Broncos. But unfortunately, Zach, whether it's defense, offense, specials, it's been the little things that have consistently nipped this team in the in the Achilles. And we got Dylan here, and then I'll serve this back to you. Appreciate you, Dylan. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas, my friend. He says, blame the defense if you want. They are decimated and held the Chargers to 19, but the offense can't score more than 16. Fair point. It really is a fair point. If Drew doesn't throw that pick, now you're at 19 points at worst, right? You get a field goal there down inside the red zone. All right, then if – if McManus doesn't miss a, uh, another point or another uh, field goal, you're at 22 points at worst. Then if Jerry Judy doesn't drop a touchdown, you're at 29 points. So it, it is a collective effort. It's not just the defense, but it is situational, Zach. The chips were down. The defense had a chance to stick their foot in the ground and hold, and they couldn't. That's my thing. It's like, okay, they might have had some three and outs. They might have held them to 19, but look at the yards and the first downs they gave up in crunch. That's that's the big thing here. It's crunch time. It's when 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 you have to clutch up when it matters most at the end of the game when you want your defense decimated or not. They know the stakes. They know what they're going up against. That's a rookie quarterback they're facing. So the playing field is kind of level. They beat this guy already. It's when at the end of the game they give up the big plays, the big passes, the big runs. And chat, death by inches. You can excuse it last year when he's a rookie head coach, but in year two now, we're on December 27th, week 16 of year two, and the same mistakes, the same patterns are repeating. Locke is getting killed for that, for that same um, flaw. He's repeating his errors, and he's only in year one as the starter. Fangio and the coaching staff is repeating their errors in year two. Why doesn't have the same double standard? Yeah, it doesn't resonate <clears throat> the same way with with the fan base, and I understand it. Fine. You know, it's whatever. It's it is what it is. There, everyone shares a little bit of the blame for today's loss, offense, specials, and the defense at the end. But to Dylan's point, credit Vic Fangio for holding the Chargers to just 19 points. Like that is a that is a great job. Good job doing that. But when it mattered most, you needed that one extra stop and you couldn't get it. And what makes it worse, Zach, is it wasn't Justin Herbert exposing the corners so much because that's where the Broncos mm-hmm. are the most decimated, right? I get it that you're missing Jarrell Casey and you're missing Mike Purcell in the middle, but it was that 23-yard gash up the gut on first down by Austin Eckler, and it just that was the dagger, man. That just took all the life out of the defense from there. 
and what's so frustrating about it, they only have themselves to blame. Chris Duvall, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. Very cool profile pic you got there, my friend, on YouTube. He says, this one is on Judy. I'm happy it's not on lock. He showed he can still be the future. Judy's problem, though, will be fixed. Not too worried, just disappointed. I'm not too worried either, Zach, but I am a little worried. I am just a little worried because that was bad. Like, that's unprecedented. I've never seen anything like that. Okay, credited with five, but I'm seeing seven drops out there on the field. Two, I don't think that they're officially crediting to Judy. I mean, yeah, this is a, a dead horse question, but I'm kind of wondering, what are the Chargers averaging points per game? I didn't realize if they're like this this I'll powerhouse offense. I mean, at 19 points, yeah, it's impressive, but if they're averaging 23-24, it's, you know, it's, I'm not going to go crazy over that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Palm Trees jumping in with a super chat. That's a name. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. We don't recognize for obvious reasons here. He says, I am a diehard Chargers fan, but have never hated the Broncos. Good game, guys. Hope one of us will get good enough to beat the team. <laughs> Amen. Unity. Appreciate that uh, class, you know. Appreciate yeah. that, my friend. And I hope you had a Merry Christmas as well. We can all bond over our hatred of the Chiefs, can't we? True bring that. Us together. Uh, just for uh, gigs here. Here's here's what uh, your Chargers. So they came into this game averaging twenty three point four. Okay, held them to nineteen. So anyway, um, John, do we have? Uh, do we have? I can grab it if we need to. We've got Eddie. We've got Chingling King, Naj, uh, that was sandwiched right in between Cristobal and Palm Trees. Um, 
Who we got here? We got Antonio. Okay, got you, my friend. Good to see you. Appreciate you. He says, happy to catch the pod. Just excited to see a healthy and improved Broncos team next year. Let's take the little positives and look forward to 2021. Hashtag Broncos country. Really appreciate that, Antonio, and hope you have a great holiday and hope you have a great yes. 2021. Yeah, Zach, if, if the Broncos can get their best players healthy and on the field, you know, I mean, I, I shudder to think and imagine what this game might have looked like if you had Von Miller out there, if you had Cortland Sutton out there. Chubb. If, if you had – yeah, Chubb. That's right. Chubb was missing today. If you had Mike Purcell in the middle, I don't think Jarrell Casey is going to be there next year for whatever – even though he's under contract, I don't think he's going to be a Bronco next year. That's just my gut feeling right now. If you have your top corners, just imagine if you have your right tackle – because Elijah Wilkinson, a couple of ugly pass pro sets today that I caught just on the first viewing of this game. Yeah, and Jamar Dotson was healthy scratched, which is insane to me. Why not even have him active so he can play in case the worst happens? But yeah, the, the Broncos defense, I will credit Vic Fangio for that. Regardless of how they play, regardless of the score, uh, they are definitely shorthanded and they're making do with uh, a bad situation right now. But it doesn't really excuse, Chad, the other uh, situational errors or the death by inches or, you know, the special teams or the defense. I mean, it, it all comes together to add to the the world of suck the Broncos find themselves in. <laughs> Man, Emmanuel Sanders is long gone in that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it came from. I knew it was up here somewhere. Couldn't uh, Naj, it. appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you again. <laughs> he was in the rapid reaction stream at halftime, and here he is in the gut reaction. He says, brothers, positives in my opinion – Fangio used his timeouts and Shermer using plays to wide receivers and Shelby Harris pay him negatives, Judy, huge drops, special teams, mistakes. Again, another loss proud of the Broncos for hanging in there. Yeah. I mean, they did fight to the bitter end and you got to give them credit for that. And I think especially on the offensive side, you saw the, the offense answer the bell when the chips were down, the defense didn't it in the end, but yeah, there's, this is a, a game where all three phases share a little bit of complicity in the end result. But it's fun. It's really actually, if we're looking for positives, well, I'll just serve it over to you, Zach. What are some of your positives coming out of this game? Uh, Locke in the second half, he looked pretty good. Melvin Gordon ran pretty hard. Um, I thought Noah Fant made a few nice catches. You know, it's not a lot. I, I really can't be. I really can't lie. It's it's really not a lot of positives when, like you said, all three phases contribute to the loss today. So, what do you think in terms of positives? I would say Drew showing up in the clutch is a positive. That's something that you look you would want to look for, after, especially after he had that egregious red zone pick. He ends up showing up late, and um, that's a positive. Melvin Gordon ran really hard, looked good today. He looked as good today as he has in any game this year as a Bronco. Um, not too much pressure on Drew for the most part in terms of pass rush. The, the O-line did a decent job today. I'm, I'm thinking here. Noah Fant getting involved. We talked about this in terms of Shermer kind of figuring out, hey, I've got all these weapons. Let's spread the ball around. Let's, let's <laughs> get your guide. Let's get it. You know, Judy, they they really tried to strong arm and, and uh, get him touches, and it didn't really pan out. But Noah Fant got involved. Timmy P had a, a few timely catches. Sucked that Hamler got dinged up, but you got Spencer involved. And every time they went to Spencer, with the exception of that one uh, on the final drive that it looked like he came down with it, but it ended up touching the ground. Yeah. You know, the, the role players on offense, that for the most part, the guys who needed to get fed, they got fed. The difference would have been on the on the feedings to Judy. If he would have come through, it would have been not only more points on the board 
as we've illustrated multiple different times during this pod, but Locke's yardage would be well over 300. He ended up finishing, uh, I'll tell you, I can pull it up here, we can all look at it, but he ended up finishing, Zach, uh, with 264 yards on the day, 51% completion. Mm. Jerry Judy, even if he only drops half of what he dropped, all right? Drew, he's at probably 55% completion, 56 and he's probably, depending on which drops you take from Judy, you know, he's probably somewhere around 290, something like that. But it had an effect, and then he gets the 50.3 rating. I don't think that's a fair rating. I really don't. I mean, that's almost like you're rating him purely on the first possession and the last possession only. Yeah, I mean, it's because he averaged 50%. He didn't throw a touchdown. He had two picks. Let me just say, though, about the Deontay Spencer. I got to give Pat Shermer credit. It was a really cool play call. He had Deontay Spencer in the backfield. He ran a little wheel route, and uh, Drew Locke hit him. That was a really cool play call. Uh, another positive, can we just give a little praise to Shelby Harris? He played today with his wife in labor. Mm-hmm. He chose Thank to play you. over being with his uh, the birth of his son. So yep. uh, congrats to him on the birth of his son. And uh, what a man. Pay Shelby. Make that happen, Broncos. He's like, hey, baby, I want to be there, but I got to go make this game check so that this kid that's coming into the world can have everything he needs. You hear Eddie that, Vas- Juwan James? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Eddie Vasquez, appreciate your bro. He says, Zach's right. Judy made uh, Locke look worse than he is or than he was. Definitely today. I mean, Drew's numbers, I'm going to go back to this real quick. You know, targets. Let's wow. just put five, right? He was credited with five drops. Then he's 29 for 52. Again, he's over 300 and one touchdown. He would have a touchdown pass. Uh, big difference, big difference. And we know it would have reshaped the final score as well if Judy catches the balls he was supposed to catch today. 15 targets. I, I see that, and it's it pops. Look at that. I mean, it just stands out to you. Everyone else has four or two, or I think six is, the, if you scroll up, Chad, I think six is the, or nine. Nine is the second most. I mean, no one else is in double digits, though. You have 15 targets. That is the squeaky wheel getting all of the grease, not just one little squirt. And you couldn't make anything happen from that. You take away those 15 targets away from Locke. He's throwing, uh, what, 30, I don't know what he, uh, 32 passes. So that's, that's not too terrible. I mean, he tried to get the ball. He went out of his way to pepper Judy with targets. And Judy just did not help him out in the least. Wow. All right. Uh, let me grab Ching Ling King. Appreciate you, my friend. Not a name we recognize. So welcome. Thank you. And make sure you connect with us on, on Twitter. He says, games like this make me really miss Wade Phillips. The one thing about Wade, it's a, it's a different scheme, obviously, different collection of talent in terms of the eras in which Fangio and, and Phillips coached in Denver recently. But the one thing about Wade is when you needed to stop, you got to stop, more often than not. Yeah, I mean, there's a. it's surprising that he's still on the free agent market. He hasn't been hired by another team, but – you're right. The, the Broncos defense, they had better, uh, you could argue they had better personnel, but the, I think they were very well coached and they were very disciplined. You didn't see the death by inches. You didn't see them coming up you know, short in, in, in crunch time or not clutching up when they should. So yeah, we all miss Wade. We all miss even Brandon Staley, who's doing a bang up job in LA right now for the Rams. It seems like uh, the years of yore are what we're all missing right now. So it's, it's, it's depressing a little bit. ZW Design, Zachary Smouse in the house. Good to see you, my friend. Hope you had a great Christmas. He says, in my opinion, this year was a punt when Sutton and Vaughn went down. I want a full offseason, full OTAs, and the team healthy. Locke showed that we can come back. Yeah, Locke has orchestrated three impressive comebacks this year, right? 
well, two impressive ones, the, the char- both Chargers games and even the, the um, Falcons game, he brought them back close and it was another instance in which the defense needed one additional stop and couldn't get it and ended up, you know, being the difference. But, you know, those are the things that the, the, the coaches and Elway that they're looking at and they're going, look, these are the flashes that we like. What do we have to do to figure out how to get that consistently? And it's a, it's a pickle. It's, it really is a, you know, it's a tough question that doesn't have an easy answer. And I think the only thing you can devolve to in terms of a solution, Zach, is task on t- uh, time on task and, and reps in the scheme and health of your supporting cast. But they can control the, the time on task and they can control the reps. And so that's what I think Zachary's getting at here. Yeah, and like you mentioned, letting Locke, you know, scrape his knee, letting Locke pick up the bumps and bruises and having the Broncos make the, you know, the ouchies go away by giving him the opportunity to let that heal and to go forward. Um, I agree with Zachary, though. The year was a punt when Sutton and Miller went down. That was also when Fangio got his alibi. And we've been saying that for a while now, but it's no coincidence that today, before this game, all those reports came out he was going to come back for next year. Once those injuries happened, it was a honeymoon season. It was a mulligan for Vic Fangio. Uh, hopefully, with a full off offseason, uh, no injuries, we can see a more cohesive team in 21. Damian Clark Warren, good to see you, my friend. He says, and thank you for that generosity. He says, had time to drop, no pun intended. <laughs> nice. Ouch. I was going to mention the fact that no real number one or number two receivers and still competitive. Yeah, man. I mean, there there are some silver linings here, but again, that's what that's what's so frustrating about this Broncos season, and it's kind of been the story the last four years, especially, is you're hanging your hat on silver linings instead of results. You know, you're trying to find the positives, you're trying to find the encouraging optimistic takeaways instead of going, we won. And, you know, right. we're going into week 17, the season finale, and we're competing for a spot in the playoffs. We have a chance. We can control our destiny. And it's just been, it's just, it's the way it is. When Pat Bowlin set his standard in Denver, it wasn't to to collect moral victories. It was to collect championships. And, and the Broncos to say they, they hung in the game or they made it competitive it, it it's just it, it it sounds good. It's like eating ice cream when you break up with someone. It, it it feels good at that time, but it's really not conducive to your health or your success going forward. You can't, you know, rely on moral victories or to cheer yourself up. You have to look at the Broncos in the mirror, like Elway didn't. Like they're not good right now in certain areas. The quarterbacking hasn't been good in certain times. The coaching, the defense, special teams. Yes, they didn't have the veteran receivers and what could have been this year. I'm not focusing on what could have been, though. I'm focusing on what is and what will be going forward. Okay, John, I'm going to ask you a question. As as I grab WE, maybe answer this in the DM here. But how many in a row do you have on yours? Because I'm looking on the back end here, and we're at an hour mark, and we have probably 30 super chat superstars that are waiting that – We'll have to figure out how to get to. So, Zach, we got a rapid fire. Rapid, here. rapid fire. Yeah. Rapid, because we just crossed the, the one hour mark. But, WE, good to see you. Appreciate you. Hope you had a great Christmas. As is tradition, Drew Locke indiscriminately, uh, indiscriminately feeds both haters and fans alike, I think is what WE stands, stands or fans. Okay. But, yeah, it's true. It's, you know, if you're, if you're, Inclined to view Drew Locke through the half the glass half empty lens, there's enough material for you, and vice versa. Because even when the Broncos win, they take the credit away. And when the Broncos lose, it's just it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's always going to bring out the haters and also the supporters alike. The only antidote to that 
is consistency. And today, Drew just didn't have it. You know, again, one game this year, a consistent performance. Carolina, Mark, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, Locke kind of sort of flashed enough to have an offseason in 2021. Bring in a Fitzmagic, if possible, and only draft a quarterback if they fall or if they fall in love. Yeah, I think you're going to see this is my gut read right now. Here's your bold prediction. I think the Broncos stick with Drew, and they bring in a veteran like Fitzmagic. They bring in a more proven, competent, fail-safe to where if Drew goes down and he's shown that he kind of has a tendency for that two years, two injuries that have cost him time, but also a guy that can come in and mentor a little bit and also be just enough of a threat to kind of keep that fire lit under Drew. I mean, I'll go down a different road uh, just for the sake of conversation. I think Locke, I agree with you that Locke returns as a tentative starter in, in 21. He'll be given the first crack at the starting job. I do think the Broncos will draft a quarterback, maybe not in the first round. I agree with the premise. If they fall, if they get lucky, maybe think about it. But maybe in the second or third round, maybe someone like Mac Jones, I foresee a Wentz-Jalen Hurts situation playing out in 21. Not necessarily that Locke's going to lose his job, but they have a, I guess, a more dynamic or a higher upside quarterback behind the veteran that can step in if something goes wrong. That's my prediction. All right, Isaiah, thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. I hope you had a great Christmas. He says, Judy, stop tweeting and hit the jug machine. Locke's passes were on point, and everyone needs to relax with the new QB talks Draft talk begins. Yeah, we're excited. We're gonna we're gonna do a little um, kind of kicking off draft season podcast in in uh, the first week of January. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and we want to see you all there. But that's where the focus moves to, Zach. After one more game. Yeah, and you know the off season is so exciting, Chad, because all these different moving parts. We're gonna get new players. We're gonna see coaching firings and hirings. We're gonna see the Broncos be as active as they always are. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. Very generous super chat here from Pobby. Everyone knows Pobby, wow. one of our superstars. I want to show you guys something, just how special this this lady is here in Broncos country. She sent a, a care package my way, and I was like, oh, I'm special. You know, Pobby's sending me something. No, no, no. Pobby sent me a care package, Zach, that included a little box for every podcast host at MHH and included in it, look, Kind of a custom-made memento awesome. Bronco mug. Uh, let me show you some of the goodies she sent. A handmade uh, Bronco. You guys, those of you who follow on Twitter, and you might have seen this on YouTube, uh, Bronco blanket and very soft. Uh, also very, very dense. A very cute card, and then also to complete the package, a, a cool little flip. You set it on your desk, you flip for 2021 Broncos calendar. So just wow. an amazing, amazing member of our awesome. community. And she's not just thinking of, I mean, she's thinking of everybody and it just blows us away to see that level of, of uh, not support, but just self selflessness. It really epitomizes what we all consider to be the, the Christmas season and the holiday right. season and Poppy. You know, we were definitely very moved. I, I know I was, and, and when I was showing this to my wife, she's like, what are these two big boxes? I'm like, oh, let's see what it is. Unbelievably moved. So thank you, my friend. And it just means a lot. And she says, Zach, and then I'm going to serve this to you. Brutal loss. It was frustrating. But after all, this is our team. We hope for the best. Hopefully it will get better and better. Go Broncos. I mean, Pobby, the princess of the pod, Christy, the queen of the pod, they are just so outwardly and overwhelmingly generous. And, 
the world right now especially needs more kindness, and they are two of the kindest souls, Chad, that we've ever interacted with. So, Bobby, that's very, very cool. Thank you so much for being so you. Thank you for being that kind and that generous, and uh, we definitely appreciate you a lot. Bobby, I'm going to get those uh, other boxes in the mail tomorrow and on the way to everybody. So we'll maybe we'll figure out a way to get a picture of everybody uh, put yeah. together and get it out on Twitter. So thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. Kenneth Booker says, was that a pass interference against Fant on the last play? They blocked his route, held him on the Hail Mary. Mm. You know, I was kind of juggling getting the stream set up and a few things as that play unfolded, and I only watched it one time, so I missed that if it's, if it's how it shook out. Kenneth, did you notice that, Zach? They, they would only call uh, P.I. on a Hail Mary if it's completely blatant. They wouldn't step in and change the course of a game on a Hail Mary, a play that has such a low percentage of happening. I didn't see a pass interference, but, you know, that happens on almost every passing play, especially Hail Marys. It wouldn't surprise me, but, you know, can't rely on it. It's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. Uh, let me see. Discount. Audio and Wills, DA Dub, our friend Tony out there in LA holding it down. <laughs> he says, Kenneth says, I uh, tried to call Judy. To, what was that, John? Put that back up real quick. I tried to uh, call Judy to cheer him up, but the call kept getting dropped. That's funny. Touche, my friend. Well done. Well done. That was awesome. All right, let me uh, let me grab Tony here. Whoops. Bear with me one second, gang. Oh, there he is. John's got him. John, John's on top of it. Thank you, Tony. Good to see you. Appreciate your generosity. Hope you had a great Christmas, my friend. He says, uh, and I, I wonder, I guess there, I don't, now that I'm trying to remember, were there any fans in the stands? Because this was on his, this was on Tony's home turf for what it's worth. Anyway, we have drafted players to fit Vic's defensive scheme. The scary part is next season, if things don't work out, we have another bad season next season. Things can really get bad for quite a while. So it's crucial it comes together in 21. No doubt about it, Zach, this is the swan song for the Elway era, the Elway regime, which includes Fangio 2021. It's, it's you know, win or go home for real. And it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. More often than not, John Elway, and, you know, this is the frustrating thing I'm sure about being a GM is as a former player, you used to be able to participate in the outcome, right? Actively be on the field, control the outcome in your own way. As a GM, all you can do is move the pieces and hope that those pieces come together. But it's, it's uh, the referendum is 2021. I will say this though, even if they had to go through a complete rebuild and blow it up and get a new coaching staff, this is not like 2003 anymore. You can rebuild in year one. You can be competitive in year one. I mean, there's there's coaches this year with all the different things going on and the pandemic and the injuries. They were competitive. Look at uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, record notwithstanding. You can be a competitive team if, and here is the, the biggest if and the biggest condition, if you have the right people in place that means GM coaching staff and quarterback and uh, as a tail you know a distant for the roster if you have the right guys in place Chad you can avoid that three-year rebuilding period and be competitive in year one well said Jeff C longtime listener longtime superstar hope you have had a great uh, holiday season Jeff he says I guess Judy got his conditioning in shake my head indeed zing zing we, we feel you there uh, David been waiting patiently as well. Thank you, David. He says, is Jamar Chase now in the cards for Denver? I don't see it. I 
with Cortland, if Cortland, if if 2020 was a contract year for Cortland and he gets hurt game one and then you don't know what his future is going to be, maybe you consider taking another wide receiver in the first round. I highly doubt it, Zach. I think you've got Sutton back next year, Judy and Hamler, plus you got Timmy P as a restricted free agent, plus you got Deshaun for his his last um, hurrah, so to speak. I don't see it on the table, to be honest. And then Tony says, playmakers not making plays for the young quarterback, Judy. So to his point and to David's point, do you see wide receiver as being on the table for Denver? How many more do you need? You invested a first and a second round pick. You have Cortland Sutton, a top 10 guy coming back. If Judy was a a six round pick or a fifth round pick, you can, you can uh, justify moving on or, or, you know, adding to the position, but you, you invested a first round in a guy. You have to develop him. You invested a second in KJ Hamler, other fish to fry Chad on the roster than wide receiver. Uh, Burn the guitarist jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. That's a name we've seen uh, once or twice, and so welcome back. Appreciate you. Thank you. Well, he says, at least the Raiders aren't going to the playoffs either. Gotta gotta love some Fitz magic. Uh, yeah, FTR. <laughs> I can't say that particular acronym. But, yeah, so both teams, it's going to be interesting to see in the finale, Zach, how the Broncos and, and Raiders play each other. That pass he made yesterday was, like, legendary, though. I, I still don't know how he does some of the things he does. He, he really is fun to watch. Fitzmagic. Whoops. Let's grab Mecca Fishman with a very generous super and a name we don't recognize. So thank you and welcome. Thank you. Oh, we got a rapid fire here. He says, remember a wide receiver who was known for dropping passes his rookie season? Cortland Sutton. Judy needs to get some work done. He, Locke, and the other receivers should get together this offseason and build a chemistry. Good point. Amen, dude. But here's what I'll say. Sutton had a few drops as a rookie, but it was nowhere near the prolific level that it's been for Judy. In fact, as the as the TV broadcast illustrated, Zach, he and Hamler, Judy and Hamler, were credited with seven each coming into this game. I can go back and look at it, but I would be surprised if Sutton had that many drops as a rookie. I can, I can go look at it, though. Yeah, but the point is still the same, though. I mean, a, a, a young receiver in the NFL, it takes some time, especially with a young quarterback. And it, it's a good point that Locke wasn't able to do those quarterback camps. I mean, in earnest, he he had it in Denver, but everyone was late getting in. And because of CV and the pandemic, it was all scattered. They didn't have that chance to build that chemistry, to become friends off the field, not just, uh, you know, business associates on the field. So when they get that time in, Judy will be better when he gets his quarterback down, whether it's Locke or somebody else, he will perform like a first-round receiver. The flute guy jumping in. The flute guy games. Appreciate that super. Judy could have had two touchdowns today. That drop touchdown was one, and there was one where he was running up the field and he barely tried to catch it, I think, in the third quarter. Yeah, his numbers would have been markedly improved if he catches even half of those. And, by the way, here's here's Poppy's super chat. Turns out she it hadn't jumped in the chat. So thank you, Poppy. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, Judy, to, to get to the fluke guy's point though, Zach, his numbers, Andrews and the team's overall destiny could have been wildly different if he showed up for, for work today. Seth Harmon, appreciate that super chat, my friend. Really means a lot. We'll keep an eye out for, uh, for any questions. And then here's a, some stars from Marcus. Thank you, my friend. Thank on you. Facebook. Means a lot to us. Let me see here where we're at. We're getting really low on time and my stream just did a jump. So. <clears throat> Uh, go ahead and throw that one up, John, if you've got him there. David, <clears throat> top rope man, proving why he is a Mount Rushmore superstar here at yes. MHH. Thank you, Thank you, David. Is it possible to trade Locke a first and a third to the Jags for the number one pick to get Lawrence? Can't say this enough that we need Lawrence. 
no, that's definitely not a deal the Jags are going to take. Um, it's going to take – to move the Jags off of Lawrence, it's going to take – Nothing. A couple of, couple of first-rounders, maybe three first-rounders. It would have to be an unprecedented deal like never seen before, and that's just not something I can see John Elway doing. And Drew Locke being a part of it, that would be like the afterthought, to be frank. I, I love you, David, but the first thing that went through my mind was the Stephen A. Smith meme. Get off the weed. I, it, there's no way that they're going to take that trade. Uh, maybe Mahomes for, for the number one pick, that would make it happen, but they've waited a while, too, and they've played some really awful football this year, the Jaguars, to get the number one pick. He is locked in there, no pun intended. He will be the number one pick, and the Broncos, if they want a quarterback, it's you know it's Lance, it's Fields, it's Zach Wilson. You're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. Mark, good to see you, my friend. Hope you had a great Christmas, my brother. Give our best to your family. He says, what's up, my guys? <clears throat> Locke just said on, on Broncos TV, <clears throat> Broncos fans might get tired of me saying this, but it's but it's the little things I need to work on, and I know what I have to do. Hashtag huddle up pod. Yeah, fans definitely are tired of hearing the platitudes, Zach. They want the, they want the results. And, you know, Locke, it's a little bit unfair <clears throat> because Locke is coming in on the tail end of what has been a five-year reign of, darkness and so he's kind of everything's even more intensified like i'm thinking back to 07 all right jay cutler's second year in the league broncos go seven and nine it was a crappy year overall and fans were not trying now granted he was a first round pick but fans at that point were not trying to run jay cutler out the door because maybe he was a first round pick maybe that's the explanation but he wasn't coming off of he was coming off of one missed playoff season that was 06 and he took over halfway through the year. Plummer, Jake Plummer had the Broncos in position to make the playoffs, but Shanahan chose to bench him and go to the rookie first rounder. They missed the playoffs in 06 for the first time in you know, they they had made the playoffs in the three preceding years. Skip it in 06. So then Cutler misses it in 07. So that's two years in a row, which no Broncos fan ever is satisfied or happy with, Zach. But they, you know, they weren't ready to crucify Jay for that same reason. In Drew's case, it's a little unfair. But he's coming in on the tail end of five years of just bad football, missing the playoffs. So it's only intensified the natives being restless, so to speak. And I think a lot of uh, Broncos fans, or at least fans that aren't, you know, huge lock uh, supporters, they're tired of him saying that same thing. I know what I have to do. They're saying, well, do it already. Stop waiting. Stop, you know, stop saying it, be about it. Don't talk about it, be about it. So I, from that point of view, I understand where lock critics are coming from. He, and he has enough social awareness to realize that fans are getting a little restless now. He can say the same thing over and over, but until he proves it on the field, it, those words ring very hollow. John, I'm going, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to do a uh, rapid fire of three on my side real quick. John Houston, appreciate you, my friend. He says, I almost want us to lose to the Raiders so that we can stay in the top 10 and go with the corner Farley or Sertan. Interesting point. Scott Rinaldi says, why can't fans see this team is young and needs time. And then Richard across the pond, appreciate you. He says special teams was garbage again. So do you, at this point, you always, you know, you want to see a win, but at this stage it actually benefits the Broncos more long-term to lose the final two games. But do you really want that negative momentum? At what cost does it come to go into the off season on the hills of what would actually be three consecutive losses? Well, how good did positive momentum do this year? You know, it's uh, a season is a season. And once that's over, a new season starts. Let me tell you something. I would not mind if the Broncos lost to the Raiders. I thought they would win today's game. But if they lost, I'm not really, I mean, I like Farley. I I like Sertan. But 
Micah Parsons, thinking about him in a Denver uniform, you know, replacing Josie Jewell or AJ Johnson, it's the missing piece. And you saw it today multiple times. They couldn't keep up with uh, Eckler or someone out of the backfield. I think I want that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm really on the Parsons bandwagon for now. Seth Harmon, really appreciate that, my friend. And uh, we think you're awesome as well. So thank you for being with us here. And we appreciate the super chat. All right, John, here we are. So we're at 118 on my end. I'm scrolling down here, 629. Okay, let me let me actually go on the back end here. So do we have Willie G? Do you have Willie G or – I think Willie G is the only one that we're missing right in the middle of that last group of, of uh, supers. So let me – there he is. Thank you, John. He says the coaching – Thank you. by the way, Willie, appreciate you, man. The coaching is wildly inconsistent, just like Locke, and it's not a coincidence. Yeah, it, it all goes hand in hand, Zach. It's been the same two culprits the entire season. It's been the quarterbacking and the coaching. All right, let me just see one thing. Broncos, 2447, and Christy, John, and then Aaron, if you have them, and, and I can start loading them in on the on the back end here. Give me one second. Um, Damien, thank you, my friend. He says, I saw the numbers. Drew is solid as compared to Josh Allen and John Elway's rookie campaigns. Can't complain about the drops. Yeah, I'm, I'm with – you know what? On that whole topic, I get it. For a time, I was I was a little bit more inclined to view it that way. But I just look. Drew needs to 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 turn it around, and you can't just keep saying that. Look, there have been other Hall of Fame quarterbacks like John Elway and Peyton Manning who had struggles in their rookie year, but went on to do good things. Because for every premium round drafted quarterback that had a bad rookie year, Zach, or a bad first year as a starter, and then went on to do greatness, there's five, six, seven, eight more who busted out of the NFL. So Drew's got to turn it around, but I do get your point. Okay. I do get your point that you don't want to crucify him too early because you don't know where they're at on that developmental curve. And at what point that's going to finally click and you go from zero to 60. Just like it did for Josh Allen, because he was getting the same narratives being written in the same criticism. He's a bust. They shouldn't have drafted him. They should have drafted another quarterback. And with the right system in place and the right coaching staff in place, Look at him now. Not saying Locke is going to be that, but he can be that. That's the point. Uh, Broncos 2447 says, Chad, you keep talking about the tipped ball. It was behind him, but Fant would have caught that ball. It could have been caught, watched it several times. Uh, The tipped ball, it was behind him. Are you talking about Fant? Fant would have caught that ball. It could have been caught. I'm not sure which pass he's talking about there, Zach. Maybe I'm – I'm not either. No, I'm not sure, my, my friend. Let me let me ponder that for a second. I'll come back to you. But thank you for the uh, support and the super. Um, here's the queen. I wish we could show the actual super, but here she is jumping in. Appreciate the the support as always, Christy. She says thanks for all your insight. Always a good pod. Much love to you as thank well, you. my friend. And thanks for jumping in. Also, a super chat here, boys. That did not come with a question, but uh, Aaron jumping in to say. There's Christy. Thank you, John. There she is. Appreciate you, Christy. Hope you had a great Christmas too, by the way. Yes. Um, There she is. Thank you. Uh, We got Aaron Putney jumping in with a generous super. Appreciate you, Aaron. Aaron. Stick around. That's not a name we we recognize. So stick around and uh, we hope to see you on future pods, but follow us on, on Twitter, my friend. All right, guys, we are at 121 and I got a few more left, but we got to hop off this stream. I It would kill me to leave anyone 
in the cold. So let's rapid fire here. Kevin Peterson, appreciate you, bro. He says, at this pace, I feel like he is the next AB without any production. A cancer for the tight uh, for the wide receiver room. Uh, oh, and I, I grabbed Aaron's there too. Do you think Jerry Judy is bordering on a cancer, Zach? No, that takes to, – to, to lump him in with Antonio Brown, I mean, Antonio Brown's off-field stuff alone, I mean, that that's a true cancer. Jerry Judy is a, a young kid who's going through it right now in the NFL. He's a little upset, a little frustrated. He's a fish out of water in Denver right now. But a cancer? No, that's that's a little too much for me anyway. Uh, George Vandermark jumping in. Good to see you, my brother. He said, I hope you had a great Christmas. He says, dropping in to say hello, guys. It's been a little while. Tough season all around, but I definitely feel Locke gets another full season. It's going to be interesting and an exciting off season. You know what? I tell this to people, you know, when they find out what I do, when I meet, uh, you know, family members, they want to like in-laws and stuff. They want to talk about what I do and they go, oh, man, you know, you must just have a blast during the football season. And I do have a blast. But Zach, honestly, my favorite part of doing what we do is the off season, not because yes. and I'm not even a draft guy. I just love all the possibilities and the and you know trying to speculate who are the free agents you know the page the views <laughs> yeah that helps too right um, yeah I just love the off season though because of because yeah. of the open ended possibilities I think well you have in January is the Senior Bowl February is the Combine March is free agency April is a draft and you have OTAs and mini camps I mean the NFL is really a year round business but. August through December is always so regimented. We know every single day, every single week what things are going to go like. We don't know that in March through July. So I'm very much looking forward to that as well. And not only that, but you you just end up being slave to the news cycle. You know, you don't really have time to to do fun, creative stuff as a writer. It's just news, right. news, 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 news. Uh, Dale, good to see you, my friend, one of our longtime superstars. He says, love my Broncos, love MHH. Fans have been spoiled. This team is rebuilding, whether we like it or not. Can't wait for 2021. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. And then we got Willie as well that says there's no excuse for 47 pass attempts either, setting Locke up to fail. I don't know about that. There's some truth to that, Willie, like especially with how well Gordon was running. But the Broncos were trailing through the whole game. So you kind of had to throw it a little bit and try and catch up. It was game script, yeah. I can't even kill Pat Shermer too much. I mean, those 15 targets for Judy, he should have caught literally half of those. So uh, sometimes your quarterback's going to throw a lot, but I didn't think it was egregious. I didn't think it was outrageous, him having that many attempts. Uh, James Moss, good to see you, my friend. He says, will you guys ever do a podcast together in person after this pandemic is over? It would be fun to see. It's supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, Maybe we'll do a – we'll see how – We'll see whether or not the combine allows press on scene in terms of the general outside. They're, they're going to let the TV people in for sure, but th- we'll see if they let the rest of us in. And if, if so, you'll, we'll definitely give that to you, my friend. Definitely. Um, Duke. Good to see you. Duke Rose. He says, do you think special teams coach will be gone next year? Oh God. I hope so. I, I don't see why he would come back, Chad. I can't see Fangio bringing him back. Or you know, or justifying that to the fan base. I think they're gonna they're going to want a skin on the wall. Someone's head has to roll after right. you know. And I think the one that is comes with the least amount of downside for Fangio and for Elway is the special teams guy. But uh, honestly, Zach, I guess I shouldn't be too too pessimistic because Fangio did fire Rich Gangarello, but 
I don't know. I just don't think he likes because he's a, such a longtime assistant coach himself. I think he hates having to fire anybody, even if they're not doing a good job. Too bad. And you can't really point <laughs> to any, any aspects of Tom McMahon's tenure, at least under Fangio, where he's done a good job. It's true. Yeah. I mean, everything has gotten worse under his, under his leadership. So yeah, I mean, you need a scapegoat. There's always one every year. It won't be Fangio. Probably won't be Shermer. It's going to be McMahon. All right, guys, last one. And then we're dipping on out of here for tonight. Thanks for sticking with us through this, uh, this gut reaction pod Duke again. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. He says, good job, big dogs. Love the podcast till next season. We got this go Broncos. It's going to be a really fun offseason. We are rolling out some new ideas, some fun content for everybody that we can't wait to get to. And we're looking forward to, to going through that with all you guys and trying to speculate and figure out what's going to happen in free agency, in the draft, who's going to get cut, who's going to, you know, we'll see what happens with Vaughn. We'll see what happens with Jarrell Casey. We'll see what happens with A.J. Uh, Bouye. Uh, Richard says, I've, I have diagnosed ADHD, which makes it extremely difficult to sit down and pay attention, but I find myself sitting still and paying attention until the end of your podcast. Thank you, guys. Wow. It's not called Richard. the We Are the Adderall Podcast. We're no longer huddle up. It's Adderall Pod. <laughs> hey, appreciate you, big dog. Thank you. Promo right, codes by Vance. <laughs> we, we really do have to uh, get on out of here. So, listen, we want each and every one of you to connect with us on social media. And subscribe, first and foremost. Like the video on YouTube and Facebook, guys, before you dip on out of here. And again, if, if you had a good time in this chat, if you enjoyed tonight's content and the work we're doing, share this podcast out there. Help us grow. And then also follow the pod on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. The main account is at Mile High Huddle, as you can see here. My partner, and I just realized, oh, nope, we're good. Uh, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL on Twitter. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And then our producer, John K, at John K, MHH. And by the way, didn't John do a good job on, on Thursday night? Both of you guys, yes. you held it down. It was great seeing that. Yeah, John's the man. I had a lot of fun dealing with him. And it looks like we got, yeah, last minute at the buzzer from Scott Rinaldi, $5 donation. He says, all the injuries and young talent on this team, how can we possibly evaluate this team? Honestly, injuries plus young team plus CV season equals a wash. And you know, it sounds like excuses, but those are facts, Chad, rooted in reality. And going into a normal offseason next year and a normal season, we'll see more normal results, God willing. Amen. Amen, my friend. Keep your keep your chin up. And, you know, when you it's like Elway said at the end of last season, when you bounce off the bottom and we're in or or when you're at the bottom, there's only one way to go. And that's up. And there's so many questions that are gonna be up in the air at the end of this season that it's gonna be fun to see how it resolves. And and so We'll be here with you for every step of that process and that conversation. But until then, guys, we got to get out of here. So mile high salute to our super chat superstars. We love you guys. Our, those of you who sent stars on Facebook are supportive. We guys. love each and every one of you. But, Zach, have a great start to your week, my friend. The final week, the final few days of December. And I'll yeah. see you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. The season's coming to an end, but it's been a long year. And like you mentioned, like I mentioned, the offseason is going to be so uh, action-packed, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you all. And until next time, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 